Oh, he looked like a fat baby. I don't know, dude. I just, uh, well, it just popped up. Somebody posted a picture of that baby. And I was like, <laughs> The next picture is a picture of a girl working out. And I'm like, Kids need to lose weight. <laughs> oh, man. Dude, I feel so out of it right now. It is midnight. So. Yeah. Or like, our midnight, 9 p.m. We literally need to start doing like these podcasts like, like at freaking like 12 noon or something <coughs> like that. Or like, like right after the gym or something like that after I just yeah. got done taking like injections of pre-workout or something you know like intravenously we're like chugging down coffee right now trying to like wake ourselves up yeah like and then you got a cold too oh yeah I have a cold it sucks dude I was afraid we were gonna do a podcast this week cause I was like when you texted me you are like oh man dude like I don't know if I'm gonna be healthy enough by Friday I was just like alright man I'll just I'll just rest up this Friday get ready for the Canelo Triple G fight or whatever but, yeah, no, that's been pretty much our ritual, huh? Just, like, fucking set up the podcast, drink a whole pot of coffee. Yeah, pretty much. Um, coffee keeps us going. <laughs> <laughs> if there's any coffee sponsors out there that are trying to get involved. Uh, I ain't fucking up. with Folgers, though. I'll tell you that straight up right now. Like, at work, like, for a long time, like, I'll bring my own coffee. Yeah. And I feel like I'm, like, Quentin Tarantino, like, at the end of, like, Pulp Fiction. <laughs> <laughs> like, where he's, like, Shiro buys shit coffee. I buy the good stuff. And, like, I buy this stuff called Don Francisco's coffee. Oh, like, fuck. Dude. El Chacal. Yeah, it's fucking delicious, bro. Like, like I, I can drink it black. Like, I don't need no sugar. I don't need no creamer. Yeah. Just straight black, dude. Like, fucking, like, Wesley Snipes. Like, it's just delicious on its own. But yeah. then somebody was, like, feeling, like, convicted or something like that. Because, like, oh, hey, I see that you always bring the coffee in for it. And I'm like, oh, well, I drink, like, 90% of it, so it's no big thing. Yeah. And she's like, no, no, I'll bring some in. And I'm thinking, like, oh, okay, what are they going to bring in, you know? Because some of the people at my job, like, they have, like, money, you know? Like, yeah. So I'm thinking, like, oh, fuck, what are they going to bring in? Like, I was getting all excited. And then I just see, like, this big, like, $3, like, like Costco Folgers. vat of Folgers or whatever. Yeah. And I was just like... Uh, I haven't drank that in a while and then I go to like just drink all my coffee black or whatever and that was like the most disgusting coffee yeah, ever dude, man. you can't drink Folgers black man No, you gotta yeah. throw in a lot of creamer I have uh, Folgers the French roast one or whatever uh-huh. it's like dude if you're not adding fucking like what's that stuff the creamer the creamer brand they use yeah, coffee yeah. mate or whatever coffee mate oh my god dude if you're not adding like half a coffee mate on that Ugh, it's just nasty. Yeah, I got. I don't love people like that, man. Yeah. They drink that shit coffee. I will recommend Caveman Coffee. Oh, they're yeah. not a sponsor, but I love them. And you can buy it cold brew on Amazon. You can just like, they'll just send you a thing of like, do a stick in your refrigerator and chug it before work or whenever. For free? No, it's it's oh. it's like <laughs> no, it's like twenty two dollars. Oh, I thought it was like a free sample. No, it's not. Oh, they might they might do that, but um. They'll even send you, like, little pre-made espresso things or whatever. I don't oh, know. Okay. But I highly recommend them. And not only that, but they'll send you, like, coconut oil. So if you Ooh. can't, they can't, you know, if you can't put creamer in your coffee because you're going paleo. Yeah. Then you can put coconut oil. ketogenic. Dude, it's fucking, I, I highly recommend it. I think, I think it's the best stuff out there. And I will say, um, Death Wish Coffee. I don't, I don't know how you feel about this. I fucking hate Death Wish coffee. What? Well, I don't even know what it's, Death Wish coffee it's, uh, is. It's like a really strong coffee. 
it's like really fancy coffee like if you if you look on your phone like death wish coffee they make it look all like metal and it's like a lot of people have like death wish coffee <laughs> in their cars and stuff like that and so that's what really intrigued me about death wish coffee and then I tried it and I was like hey, it's okay it's better than Folgers <laughs> and then I tried K-Man coffee and I was like no this is like this is what coffee should be true yeah man do you know I'm, what I see also too a lot of is like that caffeine in kilos or whatever like I, I know like a lot of fitness people are all about it but I don't know what that is coffee in kilos Ca- caffeine in kilos oh I guess, I guess it's like some coffee or whatever but I don't know I really don't get to talk to that many people at the gym cause I'm kind of an asshole I don't really try to talk to people but Damn. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah, coffee, everybody. We're old now. That's a good tangent on coffee there. Yeah, we drink coffee now. I Like 10 years ago, if you would have told me, like, I would have talked about, like, four minutes about fucking drinking coffee, like, I would have laughed in your face. Like, I don't need that shit. It's good stuff, man. Yeah, now I'm all about it. It's life. It's definitely good. It's, I don't know if it's helping me get over this cold, <laughs> but, but it's definitely good. I do have a quick cold story I was going to tell you about. It. So, like, Go ahead. there's a local, like, place here in town called Nature's. <laughs> and, uh, and so like I, I got out of work early on Wednesday Because I just couldn't cut anymore Like felt like shit So I decided to go home And so I was like on my way home I'm going to go to this other place um, Called Jasmine's To pick up some like chicken and noodles And then I'll go to Nature's Pick up like this drink called um, The Killer C Which is like hardcore vitamin C It's like It's like oranges And tangerine and fucking god knows what is in there but it tastes delicious just a fucking cocktail of vitamin c huh yeah it's a cocktail of vitamin c so i go in there and i order it and this girl's like with the fucking craziest smile you can ever imagine like locks eyes dead on like she's like what can i do for you and i was like oh i'll just get the killer c she like she's like okay and then like doesn't move doesn't do shit so I'm like here's my card to pay and All she's, super awkward or what yeah and then like she just I pay, and then she, like, starts making it. It doesn't fucking break eye contact. As she's, like, going down her little, yeah, like... that's some thing serial killer shit yeah, right she's there. she's just smiling the whole time, and I'm like, fuck. Maybe she just liked you, dude. Dude, I hope not. She was... She seemed like a nice girl, but, fuck, it was creepy, dude. <laughs> I wanted to leave so bad. And then there was just me and some other dude in there that was drinking his drink, and I was like, this is so fucking awkward, like... I stuck out. I was like the only Mexican in there, obviously, like because it's a fucking nature place. And like, I have a feeling, wink, hint, hint, wink, wink. That's gonna be like the, 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 the theme of this podcast: being, being Mexican. Mexican and feeling out of place. Oh yeah. Anyways, just let you guys know, <laughs> I love that place though. You guys, if you live in Bakersfield, California, you should check out Nature's. So they're really cool. I think I was more excited to hear that you went to Jasmine. Oh yeah, dude, I love Jasmine. Dude, Jasmine, I've been there with you. Yeah. Yeah. I went there like their grand opening or whatever. That place is bomb. Yeah, I love that place. If you like pho, but I hate eating pho like in summertime because it's so goddamn hot. But like, yeah, pho is the truth. Well, Wednesday, the weather was like fucking perfect here. Like, it was a good day to play hooky at work (laughs) because it was like really cool. I just grabbed a bunch of pho or like noodles. I got noodles and chicken or whatever. And then I went home and started watching scary movies the rest of the day. So that helped me out. Damn, I need to have one of those days soon. Have a nice me day, man. <laughs> you said personal time. Yeah, man. But anyways, uh, uh, anyways, anything going on in the news? Uh, no, Trump. Trump. I get. I, I guess like in North Korea, they're gonna fucking kill us all. So. Yeah, man. That's yeah. Dude, that's so scary, dude. I was at work and I was already pissed off about like something like that has nothing to do with this podcast, but. 
I should probably stop talking about it right now because the government <laughs> might come after me. <laughs> Wait, you got a friend request from uh, someone on... Oh, yeah, speaking of the yeah. government and watching me. Yeah. So anyways, I was doing my... Let, let, let's just forget what I was going to talk about. <laughs> yeah, sorry. This, this is way more cooler than anything. So anyways, like I'm trying to pimp this podcast out. And by the way, guys, if you want to keep listening to us on the regular and you don't want to have to hunt us down, just go to iTunes and put Art and Jacob Do America and then hit subscribe. And then it'll automatically download into your phone or mobile device every single week when we record this. So as soon as we post it, you'll get it. So do that for us and rate us. Um, You can give us one star. I don't care. Just subscribe and listen. I do care. Give us five stars or whatever the limit is. I don't don't even know how you rate it, but give us good reviews. For Dave Meltzer, give us six stars in Japan. But anyways, so anyways, I'm, I'm promoting this podcast. And my favorite thing to do is to like spam like any topic like i'll go to cnn or fox news and like there'll be whatever topic or whatever and i'll just like leave like a comment and then like post a link to this podcast well i usually only do that like on instagram and facebook because like i really don't mess with twitter like i just feel like that's too that's too much social interaction like for me at this old age so i've been like messing with twitter recently so oh yeah it was last night like I was sitting on the toilet, like, I was like, alright, let me just throw a couple, like, more, like, little spam messages out, and so it was, like, on some, like, weird, like, North Korea thing or whatever. How late at night? Oh, dude, I want to say it was, like, 10.30 or whatever. So if it's 10.30 here, I think Obama was living in Chicago again, so that must have been, like, 1 a.m. Yeah, so... So that means at 1 a.m., he's like, oh, the fall. So, you kind of let the, ba- oh, the cat out of the bag. <laughs> sorry, my bad. <laughs> so... I post a link, and then all of a sudden, like, I get out of the shower, and I'm like, oh, that's crazy. I got a couple more downloads for this podcast. So I look, and then all of a sudden, I get a message on Twitter saying somebody, like, a couple people follow me. So as usual, it's, like, two, like, little porn star sites or whatever, and then, like, uh, some Cialis, like, site. And then, like, I see, like, a picture of some guy I kind of know, and I'm like, oh, who the hell is that? And it says, Barack Obama started following you. And I was like... Ah, it's probably some fake account or whatever. So I go down and I scroll and I was like, oh, wow, he's got almost 100 million followers. Okay, I mean, Twitter's a big thing. So, I mean, a fake account can get 100 million followers, right? And so I was like, oh, yeah. Doesn't he have, like, the most, like, retweeted or liked tweet, that Nelson Mandela thing or whatever? And I was like, if that's there, then this this has got to be him. But I doubt it's there. It's not really Barack Obama. And I go down a little bit further. Sure enough, I see, like, 6 million, like, retweets or whatever it is. And so there you have it. Barack Obama listens to the podcast, and so should you. Yeah, hell yeah. And he's a Chicago Bears fan, so that's probably why he listened to the last one, because I think we talked about the Bears for, like, yeah. five seconds. I did put that, like, hashtag in there, oh. so. He's probably, that's probably what did it. He was probably like, let me look up a hashtag. It, it is 1 Chicago o'clock in the morning Bears. right now. Uh, I want to hear some good Chicago Bears commentary. Uh, what is this? Uh, Art and Jacob do America? They look like fine strapped younger lads. Uh, I, I did America once. I did it for <laughs> eight years one time. Dude, you know what's so crazy? Like, living here in Bakersfield, like, like 23 Eyewitness News, they'll post something, and they'll be like, was Obama a great president? And then, like, you'll just see, like, this string of, like, comments, like, no, he hated America. And I was like, really? Like, like what? what he's is- a Muslim. I don't yeah, know. yeah. Oh, God. He's not even from here. Yeah. And then, like, my favorite thing to do is to post that video of John McCain, like, when he interviewed, like, that one lady at some town hall. And oh, she yeah. Goes, he's not even American. He's a Muslim. And John McCain's like... Ma'am, and this is like when he was running against yeah. him too. 
He's like, ma'am, he's he's a great guy. He's not a Muslim. He's not a terrorist. He was born here in America. He's he's actually a great guy. Yeah, that's when he's like, we just have some fundamental differences on how politics should... Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, so, Barack Obama, I love you, man. Yeah, man. Obama, so much in common. You know, great hairline. Chicago Bears fan. Mm-hmm. Great at basketball. Great at basketball. Dude, Art's got, like, the jump shot of a fucking saint. Hell yeah, dude. Yeah, but anyways, go with the ladies, dude. You know what's another thing? I <laughs> go ahead. What were you noticing? Uh, <laughs> speaking of uh, twenty-three eyewitness news in the Facebook post, uh, I guess tomorrow is uh, Mexican Independence Day. Yes. And what's crazy is Mexican. yeah, no, yeah, worldwide. Yeah, dude, the whole world celebrates Mexico's independence. Yeah. But anyways, I was, like, looking at that, and, like, I was like, oh, that's cool. And I guess, like, this, like, as we're recording, it's Friday night, right? Like, I guess they're having, like, this big, like, you know, Mexican independence celebration downtown. And I thought, oh, that's here? cool. Yeah, here in Bakersfield. Oh, fuck, I didn't know that. Yeah, downtown. It's kind of like the Day of the Dead celebration they have, where yeah. it's just, like, a bunch of, like, key speakers, and then, like, you know, they cook menudo and shit. That explains why my mom's making menudo right now. Oh, okay, there you go. But yeah, like they just have, they have this big old celebration or whatever. And like it's cool. It's very like pedestrian, you know. It's nothing crazy like yeah. like a Raiders fan tailgating or anything. But like it looks very like you know cool, you know. Yeah. Very cultural. And so then you, again, you see like all these like stupid ass like hillbilly comments like, "Well, I didn't know Mexico was here in America," or yeah. "Why are we celebrating some other country's independence? We should be celebrating the only independence we should be celebrating is the Fourth of July." Yeah, and like, and then like you see all these like Republicans like, uh, this is why I need to get out of California or whatever. And it's like, oh, God. it's so hypocritical because it's like, when Trump won and you had like all these people, and I was probably one of them saying like, if Trump wins, I'm leaving America, and their response was, bye, get out of here. If you don't yeah. love it, leave it. And it's just like the same thing with California. Like California is the most liberal state in the union, and you know probably the most culturally diverse like state as well like if you don't love it then fucking go back to alabama or go to alabama or idaho where you can seclude yourself with your fucking tiki torches and shit yeah it's kind of strange to me just because like you look at like how history change changes the way we view immigrants you know like um like St. Patrick's Day or something like that. Like, yeah. it's, it's almost viewed like as a very like Americanized thing. Like everyone goes drinking. It's like everyone's wearing green. It doesn't matter what what skin color you are. You're probably wearing green that day. Yeah, you know, just because we all acknowledge that it's like it's St. Patrick's Day and it's an Irish holiday or like <laughs> snake whacking day or whatever. I think um, that's something else. That's like a Simpsons episode. Yeah, <laughs> I was making a Simpsons reference, but yeah. Um, but anyways, the point of it is the way we view immigrants has evolved over time. And right now, like, the scapegoat for immigrants seems to be Mexicans and building a wall. And so, I don't know, just, that's always, that's always been intriguing to me. Well, I don't, I, like, what I don't get either is just, like, why, why Mexicans all of a sudden, like, for, like, I feel like... This was, like, a topic, like, in the 60s or whatever. Like, again, like, I've said it a million times on this podcast. Like, um, like this is something I'd read in social studies. Like, when Cesar Chavez was marching or whatever. Like, yeah. why all of a sudden are we picking on Mexicans again? Like, by now, you should know, like, Mexicans aren't these bad hombres or whatever. Like, for Christ's sakes, the guy that's fighting tomorrow 
on Mexican Independence Day, Canelo Alvarez, probably the biggest real boxer in the world. You know, yeah. I, I am a bad hombre though, so yeah. So he was right about that. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, <laughs> but anyway, but to me, it's like like it doesn't make any sense. And I'll point to this video I was watching the other day. Uh, Bernie Sanders was talking to a high school class the other day. Or not the other day, like a few years ago or whatever. This is before like he wanted to run for president, and he was talking about um, the Republican agenda. Yeah. And he goes, when you look at the Republican agenda, it's to you know decrease the taxes for the rich, and you know basically funnel everything to one set of, set of people, which is you know the rich one percent or whatever. But with that said, that one percent that's not going to win you a lot of votes. So what do you do? You divide people. Yeah. You turn black versus you turn white versus black, black and white. You turn people, you know, straight versus gay. You know, you make everything a to- like an auxiliary talking point, and it allows, you know, all these you know real issues to fly under the radar. You know, and you see it right now with like the Trump administration. Like anytime there's like something that comes out about Russia, there's something else he talks about about you know oh I- I'm gonna. I'm gonna shut down the government if we don't get this wall built or whatever, you know. And that was a big thing for us because I'm a government employee, and we're all like freaking out, like, okay, are we gonna be without a job for a month or so, or however long it takes for them to settle a budget? And it's just all, and it's all over like a fucking stupid ass wall. Yeah. And and Bernie Sanders, he was just breaking it down. He was just like, you know what? Like that's how they get votes. The you know where people vote against their best interests. Like they don't, you know, Republicans don't really care about you know these other issues about you know muslims and you know mexicans taking over or whatever they don't care about that they care about giving tax breaks to their bet to their rich friends that you know support them you know give them those campaign contributions and it made perfect sense because going back to here locally like if you live here in california you i mean for me like one of the things i love about california is first off the food i'm a fucking fat kid like nothing can replace like like good Mexican food, True. or having friends, or my girlfriend's mom cook you like a good like old fashioned plate of Mexican food. Like nothing beats that. Uh-huh. I have relatives that live in Canada, and like when I went up there to visit my grandma, like when she was passing away, like she would ask me, "Hey, I'm really craving like some guacamole," and it was like a fucking mission just to find like an avocado like where she lived at. Like you know, like I, I found one, but it was just like disgusting. Like it was like getting ready to rot. But here, you can walk into any store. You can walk to the like liquor store right now, and they have them like just pouring out the fucking door right now. And so it's like that's one thing. And then you have all these like you know services and like I just got like a brand new floor put in, you know. And uh, you know, there's a Mexican dude that helped me put it in. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He did the fucking most amazing job ever, and for cheap. And he he just would not stop working. Like he you know didn't take any breaks. He just worked right through it. And it's like you have all these great things that, you know, Hispanic people are giving you, but you want to, like, make things harder for them? Like DACA. Like, that makes no sense whatsoever. Yeah. Where you got all these people saying, like, well, they just need to get hurry up and get their citizenship then, or they just need to go back to Mexico. And it's just like, they're the dreamers are, like, actually the best of the best, the people that you want over here. Yeah. I, I, first of all, I feel like every time I hear something, someone say something like that, like about like, just get your citizenship. Like getting the citizenship in the United States is uh, like, you're looking <laughs> at at least a seven year process. Yeah. yeah. At least a seven year process. And like, 
you know, in seven years, so much shit happens. Like, you know, like, so if someone came here as, like, a five-year-old child or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, fast forward, now we have to, you don't want a five-year-old child to grow up with, you know, the next seven to ten years of them being uneducated. And I feel like it's only a natural progression that we, that we would want these kids to be educated, to have at least a high school education, and if not more, you would... I, I think every person on, on earth should have the right to have higher education if they want it. If it you know, if they want it, it should be there. Yeah. Regardless of where they were born, regardless of you know, so I always think it's kinda of like bullshit. Why would you ever want to discourage anyone from like obtaining knowledge. Obtain knowledge. And this kind of brings me to a little bit of my conspiracy theory background where I'm like I always feel that it's in some people in the government's best interest to have an undereducated um, undereducated population where it's like well if they get too educated they're going to want more rights if they want more rights they're going to demand more from us and if they demand more from us we're actually going to do better be better at our jobs and uh-huh. so it's like this big downward spiral where all of a sudden like you can't just you know feed people bullshit all the time you can't just like survive at McDonald's they actually they're going to eventually want you know more. healthy food they're eventually going to want they're eventually going to realize you know, for us, you know, we're from California. In California, there's two things that, that drive California uh, economically. One, we produce more more food here because we have agriculture like crazy. Like, we, we, could, we supply enough to feed the entire United States and more. Mm-hmm. Just California alone. And then the other is oil. We, you know, oil is kind of like around the world. Yeah. But we provide a lot of oil. We could we could definitely provide everyone in California oil at a cheaper price than we're paying for ourselves, but because we supply it to the rest of the United States. Yeah. So, anyways, but the thing about it is that going back to the agriculture part of it, um, that's a lot of immigrants. Like those people that are working in the oil, in the fields, fields, like the the agriculture fields. A lot of those people are undocumented undocumented immigrants, and like. And a lot of those people have children, and and like, and who probably you know they didn't choose to come here, but they're here because their parents wanted a better life for them. Mm-hmm. And not only are they supplying California with, you know, like the backbone of our economic structure, which is the like agriculture, what kind of keeps us all of all of our jobs healthy because you know that's our backbone. Not only that, but it keeps prices down on food and everything, yeah. which is it's. It's exploitation, you know. Oh, it really is. Yeah. And not only that, but it's like, why would we not want them, want their children to be educated? They're going to be here, like, regardless of of what's going to happen. Like, they're going to be here. Mm -hmm. I don't know. To me, it's almost just like a like a human human rights thing. Like, oh, definitely. Like this is. I feel like by not allowing them to, by not allowing them to have education. I feel like it's a human rights violation. And I'm just like, it's... I don't know. I, I feel like it's it's a little bit disgusting Like once it starts going down that path of like... it. it to me, I look at it like this. Like, okay, um, everybody who's came to America, you know, you know, whether it be the Irish or the Italians or whatever subgroup you want to look at, you know, minus you know, the founding fathers or the people who discovered America and... Killed all the Indians, but like I'm talking about, like you know, the people that you know came through Ellis Island, you know, looking for a better life or whatever. Everybody pretty much earned their way here, you know. If you're a first generation, I don't think anybody 
who's come here as a first generation you know immigrant has had like a smooth ride or whatever you know and if they have shit i i need to figure i I need to know what that boat is but uh look at it you know any first generation you know immigrant they work their ass off you know like i said going back to the you know the irish and italians who work like the docks in new york and um, you even look at, you know, the, the African slaves, you know, who, you know, worked, you know, the cotton fields. And then later on when they were freed, they moved out to California, worked the docks in Long Beach and stuff like that. Um, you, you're establishing hardworking, hardworking ethics, you know. I came from a single uh, mother, uh, single mom family where I just saw my mom work, 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 work. And yeah. that is still like a drive in me like, oh, if you want something, you got to work for it. You know, if I want, you know, to be able to watch the Triple G versus Canelo fight tomorrow, like, I know, like, hey, I should probably do some overtime Saturday so that way it doesn't put me in a financial bind when I get the cable bill, you know? And I look at it like that, too. Like, when I see, you know, those people out in the fields, those are hardworking people. And in my job, when they come in to report their wages, they're always on time reporting their wages, you know, because some of them have disabled children who are Americans who, you know, deserve those benefits. And they're they're the people like you tell them something you only got to tell them once you know they might ha- there might be a language barrier but you know you spell it out to them they're they're gonna follow the they're gonna follow all the rules they're gonna follow all the laws and that's gonna get instilled in their children now don't you want those people with those those morals and those ethics that to be better than the generation that came before them and then yeah. the generation after that be better been better than them because we shouldn't just allocate all the resources to you know jimmy and dale johnson or whatever like yeah. no those are just those spoiled brats who don't appreciate where they came from you know yeah you know they their great great grandfather might have been you know a hard-working irishman that came over but then they forgot where they came from and for me like you're seeing america play out with these you know immigrants that come over like for example my father's side my yeah. dad's a second generation you know mexican citizen or mexican immigrant you know where his parents came over and they worked hard in the field and that instilled him to work hard and he worked hard in the oil fields and he became a foreman out there and you know that got instilled into me you know and so it's just like you want these people to have to better america you know making america great again is not building a wall because quite frankly it's going to be one a waste of money and two if you don't know this a lot of like immigrants who come over they don't just jump a wall or you know, go under a tunnel or whatever. They can either fly over here. Oh yeah. Or they could take other modes of transportation and then just stay. Yeah, you could just fly over here. That's probably the easiest way to get here. Yeah. But you know what? Just a little sidetrack. The other day I was at work and like this one guy was talking about um, how he's like, oh yeah, um, from time to time I go help my mom put like the soda in the soda machine at her job and somebody was like oh where does she work at and then he was like oh she works at a gas station and this other guy made it sound like what your mom works at a gas station like like kind of like really brought it down like yeah like oh that's such a like why that's such a like dumb job for anyone to have and he was just like no i'm really proud of my mom like she works at a gas station she works like 10 hour shifts so like i'm really proud like she's worked there like She's busted her ass. Like, we have a nice house because she does this, like, extra shit that she did. You know, like, good work ethic, kind of, like, that she's instilled in us. And, like, and, like it just 
it made me feel like one it's like anytime you hear about those stories like someone always there's always a like like shit talker that's gonna come out of nowhere that's like yeah like I don't know spoiled brat oh such a spoiled brat but anyways yeah man those are like those unsung heroes of like California and America in general yeah America yeah that's true yeah and I look at one of my friends um you know he's not Mexican but like he's self-made, you know. And I look at a lot of like Mexican immigrants; they 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 they, they self-make themselves. They they learn the skills and trades, you know. Like I said, the dude that helped put in the tile in my house right now, he's self-taught, you know, tiles man, you know, whatever. And he did a better job than the, the dude I hired from Home Depot, the actual person that worked under Home Depot yeah. did. He actually fixed all the fu- things that the other guy messed up. And it's just like you want those people here you know contributing to our society you know yeah definitely and that's the work ethic you, you try to put in i mean you know i i grew up um seeing my parents work super hard you know yeah. like they raised three like you're the perfect eight. example of it your family is a perfect example of it you know yeah. you have a sister who's a lawyer and another sister who's a, a psychiatrist yeah those are those are some like ooh jobs man like like, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, you're right, you're right. I don't yeah. want to brag, but yeah, like, yeah, like, like, yeah, like, my parents did a really good job with us. But it, a lot of it was like, you know, my mom would wake up at four in the morning to go to go to a bakery, if not like earlier than that, three o'clock, cause she had to be there at four in the morning. So it's like four in the morning till like two in the afternoon, and like my dad would work. He worked at Bolt House, where it was like from he would go in from like one p.m. and to like. To the point where it's like he would get off at like midnight and it's like those are like that's work ethic to me it's like to me that's what we saw like that's what we saw growing up and that's what we like that's how we like still do it like just the other day like wednesday like i was saying like i've been sick all week and like i didn't want to go home like it was like i still worked five hours of my eight hour shift or whatever you yeah. know it was like yeah i'm sick but like yeah I'm not gonna like wuss out, you know. Like I have a pretty cozy job compared to most people, and like I'm gonna do this shit. And and then even then, it's like you know, I I look at my sister, my 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 the middle child of the family. Um, you know, she just won the award for like the like the California Lawyer of the Year, or whatever, which mm-hmm. had never been won by like a female. a female of color. You know, it was the first time, first time a Hispanic woman had ever won it, and it's just. Yeah, I mean, it's just like, this is all coming from that work ethic that we learned from our parents. And it's like, you know, that waking up at four in the morning to be at a bakery, to stay up at, you know, like, at a, my dad was a mechanic for a bolt house and like being there till like almost midnight, you know, it was like, it's, it's brutal work ethic, man. But it's like, that's what California and the United States are built on. So yeah, the, if you work hard enough, you can obtain the American dream, Yeah, you know, and that, that's the goal right there do you want and I think a lot of people and I'm not, not I, mean, I don't mean like in general but like people on the other side of the coin they don't understand that minorities we don't want to have more rights than you know the privileged folks of this world we want to have just as much as you we just want to be on equal footing you know yeah you know like I appreciate you know those families who you know, let's let's take the Irish immigrants for example. You know, they were considered, you know, 
dirt, you know, when they first came here. Oh, they were same same narrative. They're taking all of our jobs. You know, look at Gangs in New York by Martin Scorsese. You know, like that was what that was all about. You know, it's about the the natural born versus you know all these Irish scum over here taking their jobs. You know, and making the streets filthy or whatever. And it's just like, hey, um, we just want what you have. You know what I'm saying? We're not trying to take it away from you, but we just want to be able to look you eye eye to eye. You know, okay. and that's all it's about you know no matter what color you are and to me in my life if i have close friends around me i want you to be where i'm at or better than me so that way i can strive to be better you know i don't want to have i don't want to keep people down around me because like that does nothing for me you know that you know if anything it hurts me yeah man the iron sharpens the iron and like I hate to dumb it down to that, but it's like the more the more we have that, the more opportunities that we present people to have a, to educate themselves. And this is going back to that whole DACA thing, where yeah. it's like because um, that's a big thing for me. You know, we we didn't have to go through that like my family, but at the same time, like I can only imagine you know people that are coming into the United States and like and. Um, and they're like really excited about um, all the opportunities. Oh, yeah, to me, that's the thing that really saddens me about it. Because it's like I can only imagine, like if if me and my family were going through something like that, and then my sister was about to um, go in, go into Cal State or something. Because my sister went to she went to Cal State first, and then she went to Northridge, and then she went to the University of Akron Law. You know, and it's like to me if she have to stop that process right after high school or something like that like to me that would have been that's such a shame that's such a loss for the United States that's yeah. such a like how could we stop people's dreams not only that but it's like now she's she's recognized as like the top lawyer in California we yeah. one of the top lawyers and that dream that could have not happened if you know if she would have been like a DACA student or something like that like yeah. that would have stopped yeah um, to me that's that's the thing that I don't think people really realize. Like, it's like, you know, there's there's a kid in high school right now that's, like, a DACA student that's, you know, if this shit goes down the, the wrong path, he's probably not going to be able to be that next kid that's, like, the next mm-hmm. top lawyer, next doctor, the next, you know, person that does something of greatness, you know, just mm-hmm. because, why? Because we, I don't even understand why. I actually, because eventually I'm going to get old, like, this, this, uh, this body of health that I got right yeah. now, it's this gonna fuck. Temple. Yeah, this this fucking um, Brad Pitt an interview with a vampire body that I got. <laughs> <laughs> eventually, eventually that shit's gonna break down, and I don't want just like some mediocre guy working on me. You know, like <laughs> like a fucking Frankenstein. Yeah, like I just imagine you and Frankenstein. Like you're fucking like <laughs> seventy years old, and you're just Frankenstein together now at this point. Bad. Oh, <laughs> so, never mind. Maybe that's not a bad. That's no. pretty cool. But in all seriousness, like, I don't want some mediocre guy, you know, being my doctor if, you know, only because, oh, okay, he could speak English and he was born here. No, if if the best doctor for me, like, grew up in Pakistan yeah. and he had to, like, immigrate over here or whatever, or if he was on the Muslim ban list and he had to immigrate over here, and but he's the best doctor, then fuck yeah, I want that guy working on me over the mediocre guy that was born in freaking in fresno or whatever like i want you know i want we want the best of the best in this country and that's what america is made is made off of yeah. is being the best when you think of the smartest person of all time 
you, you know, your brain automatically goes to Albert Einstein, right? He wasn't born here in America. Yeah. You know? So. You know, uh, I don't know if you saw that a season sorry stand-up where he talks about how his dad, when they immigrated to the United States, and his dad was like that, he's a stomach specialist. He's a doctor. He's a Dude, I think we specialist. saw that live. Yeah, and then he talks about how, like, um, the other stomach specialist doctor that, um, I think they're from, like, North Carolina or something. Like, he got sick from, like, a stomach illness, but he would never send him patients. So, Aziz was like, you should just let him die. Like, it was just like, like, but he was like, no, I'll go and treat him. But it was like, you know, he's the one that he chose, even though, like, he knew he was the better doctor of, like, if he was going to choose anyone, he was going to choose, like, the guy that immigrated here. Not because he immigrated here, but because he was the best doctor available, you know? Exactly. So, like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, this country is built on the back of immigrants. Like, whether people... I just saw some interview with um, Steve Bannon where, like, Steve Bannon was, um, who, like, I just can't stand. <laughs> but um, he was talking about how... Um, he makes Rosie O'Donnell look, like, hella hot. Oh, God. He looks like a baked potato, like, <laughs> started growing eyeballs. <laughs> um, but anyways, uh, he was talking about how, like, I think the guy that's interviewing him says... Well, technically, we're all immigrants unless you're a Native American. And he goes, oh, please. Like, he just, like, does this thing where he's like, you don't tell me you believe that liberal rhetoric. Or, like, he just starts going down the this. The cosmopolitan, whatever, yeah. that other guy. And it's just like, oh, God, like, he's he's right. And I think the Daily Show, like, we're, we're like, you know what? We did a background check on Steve Bannon. And it's like, like, his, his grandfather, like, immigrated here from Ireland. So they did, like, this whole thing about how his grandfather here is, like, so technically, his grandfather was a dreamer, and now Steve <laughs> Bannon is a nightmare. So I don't know. Pretty good segment there on the Daily Show about that. But to go back to what Bernie Sanders was talking about, um, where he was talking about, you know, you got to divide people. You know, the Republican agenda is to divide people. You know, to vote against their best interests so that way they have the <coughs> voter base. I, you look at them and like they don't know what they're talking about. You know, DACA was invoked so that way you know we correct something that's you know that was wrong flawed in our system you know obama enacted that i think it was an executive order um, because congress wouldn't because you had you know the republican uh congress that was just for whatever reason just working against obama um, anything that he wanted to do was just working against him so he had to do that executive order you know and the Republican, it's so f- frustrating because, like, all these Republicans, like, on the local website, they're always like, well, he's sending it to Congress so that way they can get it right. And it's like, you realize, like, Congress wasn't willing to work with Obama on this, so that's why he had to make it an executive order, you know? And you're going to throw it to Congress who can't even, who's had eight years to give something better than Obamacare and they still couldn't get it right? Yeah. And, you know, their big thing is, it's like, oh, dreamers don't have anything to worry about. He's working with. The Democrats, and I think like the other day, um, like Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer, they were all talking about how they, they uh, Trump's gonna, um, you know, work with them, and yeah, he's not gonna build the wall anymore. And then the next day, he's playing golf, and he's like, "Oh no, that's not true. I'm still gonna do all that." Yeah. And it's just like, oh my god, like that. So that level of uncertainty, it like that scares me because somebody's life that I know is gonna be changed forever now. Yeah, you know one of the things that. 
I don't know if it gives me... It, that does scare me. Like, I'm pretty scared about that. I, I would hate to see people's dreams, like, be destroyed. Or uh, family split. Family like. separated. I, I hate it. Like, I hate the way the country... In the direction that the country is headed in. It just feels so divided and so, like, tense. Like, racially tense. Like, all those, like, strange things. I feel yeah. like we're in the 19... 19- 40s right now or something yeah but um <laughs> yeah but i i do feel a little bit optimistic when i see like large cities like boston and chicago and they come out publicly and they like say like no dreamers are welcome here we're gonna keep this here in chicago and the, the mayor of chicago was one of the guys that oh yeah did the, the Trump free zone or whatever like he yeah um that was really cool to me like to me it's like when you have major cities like that, like this is, it's not like Bakersfield or something like that, but it's like our whole state just uh, passed a bill stating that this is going to be a, a sanctuary state. Yeah, that's pretty cool to yeah. me. Like that's pretty cool because once you start going on the path where it's like it's starting to feel like he's losing the support. You know, I'm not sure if I'm not saying Trump's going to get impeached over this or something like that, but I could definitely see like this guy's going to be a four-year president yeah. and like. I really hope. I really hope, man. It feels like he's already been a 10-year president. And I think that would be the best scenario if he just finishes out his um, term. And I think I've said this before on here, and I always say it. I try to get this out to people. It's better if we have this crazy loon just finish out his, his run or whatever because if he gets impeached, the next person that comes in is Mike Pence, who is just this wackadoo fucking, like, um over-the-top evangelical Christian or whatever that is going to speak to that base, that that large voter base that Bernie Sanders was talking about yeah. that is divided. He speaks directly to him. You know, he's like, oh, no, gay people aren't going to have any rights. You know, Mexicans are the problem. But he says it in a more, you know, uh, uh, finessed way. He's pretty scary, too. Man. Yeah, he's just as scary as Trump. It's, but it's just he, he's more finessed with it, whereas... Trump's a little bit more erratic, so it's easier to like hate him. Yeah, you know, it's like George. It's like the George Bush effect. Like, a lot of people were like, "Well, he looks like kind of guy I would just have a beer with," you know, because he's just a bumbling t- dude. George Bush looks like fucking. I don't even know. Uh, he he looks like like Abraham Lincoln compared to <laughs> yeah. compared to um, Trump. Like, yeah, Jesus. Like, I don't even know. Like, if there's one thing that this guy hasn't like violated. Like, it just feels like he was very pro, like, gay rights coming into this. Um, Trump was. I said then, he was. It said he was. And then, like, once he started going down that whole, like, well, you know, I'm going to, like, no more transgenders in the military. And it's like, oh, God. like. And that's another thing, too, going back to that Bernie Sanders thing where it's just, like, we got to, you know, where you turn, you know, gay versus straight. And the big argument was, he goes, well, uh transgender people have met, uh, mental problems and their um, gender reassignment surgeries that the VA is paying for is costing taxpayers so much money and it's such a bullshit argument because fucking because we, we pay for Cialis yeah we yeah, do like, yeah, we pay more in like Viagra and like dick pills than we do for gender reassignment surgery and then you want to talk about like oh transgender people are just like mentally um, they have mental issues or whatever and you don't want that on the battlefield and I'm like well what about all these like grunts that you put out there on the battlefield that already have to come into the military with all these mental issues you know from a, 
you know, broken childhoods, you know, from adoption agencies and, and stuff like that. So don't yeah. give me that shit that you have compassion for them that, oh, we're protecting them from themselves from serving because they have mental problems. Because you do that with a lot of straight folks as well. Dude, that's one of the things that actually, like, bothers me a lot when people use the military as, like, a shield to, to do things. Like, and this is kind of my own personal tangent. I don't know how you're going to feel about this. But, you know, when the whole Blue Lives Matter thing started... Um, the thing that really bothered me is like, like people that have served in the military and like first responders, like the nine eleven thing. Like the first thing that like Republicans want to get rid of was like their, um, because a lot of first responders develop like cancers because yep. of, the, and the Republicans want to get rid of those like health those uh the health benefits that they were receiving, and it's like really you're gonna give me that bullet blue as matters bullshit when like first you want to get first responders people that went in there to save lives. And like off duty for some reason, too. like these blue lives don't matter because it doesn't fit, fit your narrative. And like, no. and then you have like troops. You have all these soldiers that are coming back from war, and they're all PTSD'd out. But we sweep them under the rug, and like, we have to like donate like ten dollars a month to like, like it shouldn't be like us donating ten dollars a month. It's like taking it out of my taking it out of my paycheck. You know, yeah. like we need to take care of these like, like. I think there's like the Wounded Warrior Foundation, things like that. Yeah. Like, it should be something that just we should be taking care of. Like, we should be taking care of, like, people with PTSD just as much as, mm-hmm. like, anything else. Like, I, I, these people fought for our country, and, like, we kind of sweep them under the rug. And, like, exactly. I don't know. To me, it's like, that needs to be addressed. We shouldn't just, like, do these blanket statements of Blue Lives Matters and then forget about people like whenever yeah. it doesn't fit the narrative. And then they flip it to make it seem like, okay, the people receiving welfare, you know, all these illegals coming in trying to get, you know, welfare benefits, which they can't. You know what I'm saying? You have to pay a certain amount into the system to even qualify for any disability benefits, which if you're working, you deserve that money, you know, if you become disabled. Uh, but they flip the narrative saying they're like, oh, the reason why we can't take care of you is because we we got all these people on welfare, and, and and when you look at the hard stats on it, you know that's not the reason why. It's not it's not because somebody over here is getting you know food stamps or whatever. No, it's it's because over here we're providing government subsidies to billionaires and billion dollar trillion dollar corporations. Yeah, we had that here in Bakersfield. Like, I don't know if you're aware of this, but when the Frito Lay company came to Bakersfield, oh yeah, like they got like all these tax write offs. They had like. It was basically all this corporate welfare that we're going into because they yep. promised Bakersfield, hey, we're going to give you guys, I don't know what the number was, we'll just say 200 jobs. We're going to create 200 jobs. That's probably not what it was, but they probably promised more jobs than that. But the point of it is they only like made Bakersfield, like, we'll say 50 jobs. And like Bakersfield was like, hey, didn't you promise like 200 jobs? And they're like, well, there are 200 jobs, but we imported those from other freely companies. And like, Bakersfield got screwed out of all these things. Bakersfield paid a lot of money to, to bring Frito-Lay here. And at the end, it, like, backfired on Bakersfield. And, like, those are the things that people don't really complain about. Like, it doesn't really get brought up to the population. Because we, money talks. I know. We talk about, like, oh, all these people are on welfare and that, that's what's taking – those are my taxpayer money. Like, okay, that's one thing, and that's such a small percentage. But we're giving all these corporations, like, huge corporate uh-huh. welfare. Like, uh, it's like we don't talk about that. It just nope. kind of goes under the table. Like, nope. Yeah. Yep. And that's another thing Bernie Sanders brought up. Yeah. <laughs> this is, I mean, I feel like this is the Bernie Sanders podcast, but I mean. I'm wearing a Bernie Sanders shirt. Dude, I you are. Do, I didn't do this on purpose. Just, it was the only clean shirt I had. But I think over the years, like, and I, 
saw another video randomly like last week or whatever with Bernie Sanders. He's been saying the same thing over and over since 93, I want to say at least. I haven't seen anything earlier than that, but he's been saying pretty much the same thing we've been talking about since 1993. 1993, like the dream team, like with Magic Johnson and Michael Jordan just got done playing. Like, like how long ago was that? Like well over like 20 years. Like yeah. Tupac was still alive. Like Tupac put out his debut album like, around that time. And Tupac's been dead for over 20 years Tupac now. Tupac just put out his movie. Yeah. <laughs> By now at Walmart. So, but, uh, that shit. But yeah, I mean, he was talking about that too, where he said that, you know, you got these corporations taking these large, you know, corporate welfare handouts. Yeah. But no, let's blame, let's blame this, this mother of four that, you know, gets, you know, $300 in uh, food stamps. Okay, yeah. yeah. That $300 is not impacting you as much as freaking... Uh, fucking billion dollar corporation that's getting you know that's not paying their fair share of taxes yeah yeah I mean you're right I mean corporate welfare corporate welfare is like a big thing I mean we give out like Halliburton we had Halliburton out in like the oil fields during like the in Afghanistan like they got all these things oh all the government contracts yeah there's all these government contracts uh I don't know if you know what uh, Blackwater is I don't know what Blackwater is but uh, it's, yeah. it's like a private military it's like whenever the United States doesn't want to do anything illegal so they'll get Blackwater like they make like billions of dollars government contracts there's a whole movie about it War Dogs yeah it's like yeah. fuck man it's like those there's so much money going into things like that and yeah we always dumb it down to like well it's the like mother that had five kids and I don't want to feed her kids so it's that's yeah. not that's like such a small percentage of like and, and, and there are people who do take advantage of the system but the people who take advantage of the system um and impact us at, you know negatively as an economy aren't those people it, it, it's the corporations it's the banks you know that the whole reason why the economy crashed in 2008 was because of that yeah you know so I mean <coughs> that's what I, I mean when you know when you start researching and knowing the truth about things yeah. Like, the, to me, it becomes clear and clear there's a systematic racism that's going on. And I think Max Kellerman was talking about that, actually. Did you see that? Nope. Where he was talking about... <laughs> nope. <laughs> nope. Very decisively. Nope. Nope. But, uh, and I mean, I'm not a huge Max Kellerman fan, but, I mean, he broke it down when he was talking about Colin Kaepernick. You know, like, he goes, you know, when this whole thing started, you know, with him kneeling or whatever... You know, it was, you know, like, ah, oh, okay, whatever. Another rich, you know, athlete, you know, crying or whatever, you know. And, you know, some people had that feeling of it. I, I just hated the 49ers, so I was, like, willing to bag on him. But then, you know, it became like, oh, okay, he doesn't have a job. Now he's going for a starting job. Okay, now he's going for a backup job. He can't get a, a backup job. But somehow fucking Tim Tebow all of a sudden back in the conversation. Yeah. And it's because you have this, this systematic, you know, racist system where you have 31 uh, white owners who won't sign somebody who's actually taken a team to the Super Bowl and he can't find a backup job mm-hmm. he's being blackballed and you're only doing you're only proving his point further by doing this you know the longer you keep him unemployed the longer you're you're showing your guys his true colors because that's what he's protesting right there. There's a systematic racism that's going on. Yeah, I think the whole Colin Kaepernick thing, I think, 
is like uh, one. It's like I could see how I could see how some some teams would try to avoid them because they're trying to run a business. Yeah, like and I brought up in that uh, the most racist podcast ever podcast. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. At the same time, you're also trying to run a business, <laughs> and yeah. you're and you're in the business of winning football games. So whenever you're, I don't know, the New York Jets, whenever you're the Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, and um, uh, the Colts, the Colts trade away draft picks just to get a third string backup from the Patriots. Like that's yeah. how desperate they were. You know, just like I don't know, you're just you're in the business of winning football games. The the Colts just got fucking humiliated, like by, by, the, LA by the Rams. Rams. Yeah, it was like forty six to six or something like that. And the know. Rams aren't a good football team. Let's just put that on record right now. They're they're not a great football team at all. Yeah, it's just like you're in the business of winning. You're not in the business of like trying to make. I don't know what, but like. Your fans are going to turn their backs on you if you don't win. You know, like... And... Sure, there might be a few fans that are upset that you signed Colin Kaepernick. But you don't want them as fans. Yeah, but... Yeah, I agree with you. You don't want those guys as fans. Those are the fans that are going to leave no matter what. Yeah. Um... I don't, I don't understand. I don't understand why... And that uh, just proves the point. Like, where it's just like... If you're so afraid to lose those fans... You're just proving the point that the rich... Majority of white America has all the money, and you don't want to piss them off. And you're just proving his point further by that, you know. And I wish someone would just pick him up. Like our, my fantasy draft that I did this year, I, I for my last pick was a throwaway pick, but I was like, you know what, I'm gonna pick up Colin Kaepernick. If no one else will, I will. You know, just to make a statement. You know. Yeah. I mean, it was just to be funny, but at the same time, it's just like, come on, man. Like, really. Like, because you want to send that message, you know, because at, at the same time, if you're running a business, it's something that's called a PR issue. At my job, they talk about it all the time, like, oh, this person's getting mad, you know, just, just, you know, just make them happy to get them away, you know. And this is like a government, you know, like, we're not in the business of selling cars or whatever. We're just there to, you know, administer the law or whatever. And if a place like that that's not, you know, trying to sell you anything is concerned with PR, then you need to be, if you're an actual business, a billion dollar business like like the NFL or whatever, you need to be more aware of the PR. The people who consume and play your sport, sacrifice their body yeah. for that sport, is African Americans. And you're sending them a bad message saying that we don't care about you by by doing by allowing this to happen, you know? And I'm not saying that Roger Goodell has to go in there, you know, have a meeting with all 31, you know, NFL owners to say, hey, somebody's got to sign this guy. But he needs to go in there and say, look, what what the hell? I look at this team, the Miami, really? You, you're going you're gonna to consider signing team, Tim Tebow, but you won't even give him Colin Kaepernick a workout? You'll, you'll give Greg, Jerry Jones, really? And I love the Cowboys. You'll give Greg Hardy another chance? And he got convicted of beating the shit out of his girlfriend, but you won't give Colin Kaepernick a chance? Yeah, I think you know, that's that. That's like the main thing where it's like guys like Greg Hardy keep getting chances. Yeah, and that's like a really common thing. Like the the kid that was just drafted by the um, Joe Mixon was just drafted by the by the Bengals. Like he beat the shit out of a girl. It's like and he got drafted. You know, he's a starting running back for for the Bengals. I know you like Ezekiel Elliott, but Ezekiel Elliott has like a long history. It's of hard life. to wear his jersey. You yeah, know what it's saying? like I, I got to roll with Dak, you know. Yeah, I, I love Dak by the way. Yeah, 
Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, there's just... The, the NFL is just full of... Like, even Adrian Peterson, like, when you beat the shit out of his son. You know, it's like... There's just so many cases of that. And, um... And this guy is just, like, being destroyed because of his political views. And it's just, like... Yeah. He did nothing wrong. This guy... He's speaking out about an injustice. At least one year of his career, he played at an elite level. If not more than that. I would say maybe his last year, he had, like, injuries. And then, like, you know... But even that, like... Are you telling me that no one's going to give this guy a chance? No one's giving this guy a call? Like, I think after, um... Like, what's his name? The running back, Jamal Charles. Like, Jamal Charles is that, like, fucking ten broken legs. People are <laughs> yeah. still, like, giving him calls. Like, see How many times has he broke his ACL? Like, it's just, like, people are still calling him. Like, I don't know. It's just, like, dude, it's Jamal Charles. That guy has, like, fucking 80,000 miles on his legs already. Like, yeah, don't don't call that guy. I don't want that guy. No. Team. Just draft someone at this point. Like... But we all know what Jamal Charles was, and we all know Jamal, what Jamal Charles could potentially be. So, like, let's give him a call. But we've seen we've seen Colin Kaepernick play in the Super Bowl and play in the Super Bowl relatively well. You know, he's like a field goal away from winning the Super yeah. Bowl. He almost came back after the lights it's, came back on. Yeah, so it's like I don't understand. I don't understand what you know. You put this guy in the right system, and he could he could flourish. So yeah. I don't understand why people are just throwing him away like. Oh, he was never that good anyways. You know, and, the, and the, for me, I hate the 49ers. And I hate most of their fans. But it's just like at the same time, I got to keep it real. You know, like, come on now. Like, I, I see what's going on, you know. Yeah. I'm not... Sometimes you got you to gotta come out of the trees and see the forest. You know, see True. what's going on on the, on, the, on the forest floor, you know. So, I don't know. I agree. Think we agree? Yeah. Anyways, I'm... I hate, I hate going into these serious topics sometimes because yeah. I feel like I get over, like, emotional, like, yeah. and I have all these thoughts in my head and I just can't articulate them all at once. Yeah, same here. I feel like 10 minutes after we stop recording, I'll be like, ugh, we should have talked about that. I should have said that. Heck? Yeah. Ugh. So, I don't know. I, I love our, like, our happy podcast or whatever, yeah. so. I want to do, like, five minutes of jokes real quick? Yeah. Knock, knock. Who's that? Just, whatever. No, but I mean... Okay, because when I originally talked to you about this podcast, I was like, hey, let's talk about Mexican Independence Day, oh, yeah. uh, the Canelo fight, and then DACA or whatever. Um, I feel like we never really touched on the Canelo fight. Oh, that's true. The Canelo fight's tomorrow. <laughs> Let me start by saying... Well, there is another guy that's fighting. His name's Triple G. Uh, let's start by asking the elephant in the room question. Who do you think will win the fight? My heart says Canelo... But my mind says Triple G. Okay. I My heart says Canelo. And I think my heart has convinced my mind that Canelo will also win. Yeah. I mean, Canelo is just a pit bull, man. He, he goes out there and he gives it his all, man. And I, I was watching his past fights or whatever, and he just goes out there. And he reminds me a lot of... McGregor a little bit I'll say this like how McGregor goes out there and he just gives it his all like it, it's just the mind turns off and he just does what he needs to do but then I watch Triple G and I just see a surgeon out there and he, he he's very smart in the way he boxes he's not like Floyd Mayweather where he's like you know trying to conserve himself or whatever and he's like you know 
but, you know, but he's very surgical in what he does, and I have to respect that. So um, it, it'll just be whoever whoever can get you know the, the points on the the judges' scorecards. I think. Yeah. I I, I really. I could see a knockout happening, but I feel like it will come to a decision because they're both fucking beasts. And if they're smart enough, which boxing needs to be more smart with, they they will do this as you know a back and forth fight, a trilogy fight. Yeah, or even like a just basic rematch. You yeah, know? it'd be fun. It'd be fun to see that happen because this is these this is the two biggest names left in boxing right now. Yeah, I feel uh, this is the deal breaker for boxing. Yeah. So like, if this doesn't. If this doesn't, like, end well, I think a knockout would be, like, what would put boxing back on the map. Yeah. If there was, like, a... But if Canelo does it, because Triple G's kind of at the twilight, I feel like, of his career. He's probably got maybe two or three more fights left, but it's going to be against, like, lesser opponents, like Andre Berto or whatever. Well, see, here's the thing about it. Here's the reason why I've convinced myself that Canelo can win this fight. is because Triple G has had a long history of fighting lesser talent. That is true. Like... He has a long history of fighting lesser talent. That is true. And like, is uh, is Floyd his only loss? Uh, Canelo's only loss? He has a draw, and then yeah, his only loss is against Floyd. Yeah, and a decision. And that's what like five years ago when Floyd was more in his prime. Maybe six or seven, I want to say, because Canelo was. I don't even think he was twenty one yet. Yeah, so that that was Canelo as like a baby fighting a dude that was like in his prime, like you know, yeah. like that's. Floyd in his prime, and it's just like, yeah, I could see him losing that. So like, um, now it's like this guy's in his prime, like entering his prime, Burley, and like he's going against Triple G, who is at the end of his prime, if not like just reaching it now. A guy who's fought a lot less lesser talent, who's had kind of a shaky last couple of fights, yeah, and like he's about to fight probably the biggest challenge of his career. And I don't know. We're gonna see. That's what that's what kind of convinces me that even though even though um, this is probably gonna be the most I agree surgical. This is the most precise fighter that he'll ever fight. Yeah. And, um, Offensively, because defensively, yeah, Floyd was he did what Floyd does. You know, he made Canelo miss and expend all of his energy, and he got in all those little pot shots or whatever. Yeah. He but he does everyone. He you really can't combat that. But, like, this is going to be the most surgically offensive opponent Canelo's ever going to fight. Yeah, I agree. This is two Mexican fighting-style fighters. Which fighting. is very good because I used to think Triple G was Mexican for, like, a long time. Yeah. And, like, I barely found out that he was Kazakhstani, which is, like, Borat. Uh-huh. Like, <laughs> I, didn't know, I thought he was Russian all this time. This whole time well, I thought he was Russian. Well, it's the, US, the old USSR, and then oh, it broke okay. out into different countries or whatever. But, like, yeah, Kazakhstan, the... The country that was in Borat or whatever, yeah. like that. Yeah, that's where Triple G is from, which is funny because like Sasha Baron Cohen made that country look like such a joke, kind of. Yeah. Where it's like, ah, there's no class athletes out there or whatever. Damn, that sucks. But like Triple G, like Floyd was running from. Him. He didn't want to fight him. That's true, man. But I will say this though, like going back to the McGregor Mayweather fight, I, I started that off by saying they did pro wrestling and promotion better than pro wrestling did you know everything about that fight was great from the press tour to the weigh-ins to you know the commercials you see on tv like everything was just done right you know that was a combination of you know uh dana white and dana white's influence by vince mcmahon and then you know 
as much as I hate to give credit to Mayweather, you know, his Mayweather's business savvy. He know he knows what's what's cool. Like I remember when we went to the to the weigh in, you know, I remember like he had like all these like hip hop artists like current you know, like Cardi B, he had YG there, like he had all these like, you know, rap artists there and stuff and it was like more of, it was more of a entertainment experience. Yeah. And then you go to the Canelo Triple G fight and the way it got started was was pretty badass. Like you had like Canelo fighting on Cinco de Mayo, totally demolishes Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. Like totally embarrasses him. And then all of a sudden Triple G comes out. Like it's like The Rock versus The Undertaker, yeah. you know, like, all right, I'll see you at WrestleMania and shit. Yeah. And it's just like, oh fuck, like they're like boxing. Yeah, that's what got me hyped up for it. Yeah. Too. I was like, dang. And then he enters the ring and they do that stare down and like, you know, Canelo's yeah. like all like blood pumping or whatever, and you're like, oh fuck. Dude, that's, oh dude, Canelo looked fucking like yoked up during that fight. Oh too. dude, yeah. And then that smug look on Triple G's face, yeah. like you're just like, oh Canelo, I hope you beat the shit out of this dude. I was hell excited for about it. Yeah. And then what that was in May? And then I didn't hear shit about it until like you had Oscar De La Hoya, who I loved when he was fighting, turn completely bitch and just bitch and bitch and bitch and bitch and bitch about how Mayweather McGregor's rooting boxing and just totally being like a little punk about it. And it's like, look, dude, like you're getting people excited about fighting again. Like you're gonna, you're bringing eyes to the sport. Like, and this is happening a month before your fight. Like, it's not gonna have any effect on your fight. The same yeah. people who are watching McGregor Mayweather are gonna watch Triple G versus Canelo. Yeah. You know, and if you play your cards right, you could piggyback off that. But no, he kind of ruined it. And the first commercial that I saw for it, I bar- I'm barely seeing today. Yeah, it's just the one you saw like with all nineteen fifties gangster looking. Yeah, it looks like smooth, like a bad like cover of like Smooth Criminal. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and like, I, I just, like I feel like they dropped the ball on it. Like it could have been such a bigger like. I mean, I'm still gonna watch it. I just ordered it right now on pay per view. By the way, if you want to come over Saturday and watch the fight, bring twenty dollars, but it's a pizza. <laughs> but um, I feel like they could have done a better job hyping it up, like. You look at, like, the press tour, like, it was the most boring press tour ever. You looked at the, at the weigh-ins, it was so basic, like, it's like, this is why boxing is, like, at the twilight of its well, years. do you think it has to do with, like, the language barrier? Because there is a language barrier there. I, I don't think so, because I'm, me being a wrestling fan, like, that's, you, you can turn it both ways. Like, you can have a baby face, which is, like, a good guy. Who doesn't speak any English or whatever? Which Canelo is in this fight, in my opinion. He's the big baby face. You yeah. know, he's he's that you know young, handsome, aggressive Mexican fighter or whatever, who's you know backed by you know Oscar De La Hoya, the probably the biggest modern day name in boxing. And then you got Triple G, who just comes out very smug, very Russian, very you know. Well, okay, here's one thing that I had an issue with. So. They could have really spun this as Mexico versus the USSR kind of they, like thing. Yes. Like, like they could have spun it that way. But I feel like this is where Triple G comes in. And Triple G has like a big Mexican following. Yeah. And I think Triple G doesn't want to lose that. So I think, you know, he went against that and said, no, let's just spin it as like but, two, two fighters fighting in the 50s. Like so it, the commercial looked like some fucking cheesy ass like. But you like could, monster you could, movie. I mean, but you can take it any way you want. Like you got this like young hunger guy. You can put it boxing's future versus boxing. I don't want to say past, but like yeah. you know the. I, I, I feel like they could have spun this like any way they could. What's, what's the Rocky movie where Rocky fights the Russian? 
Oh, Drago? Dude, they should have split Four. it like that. That would have been like, oh, dude, this is so epic. This guy is like Rocky, and he's fighting the Russian dude. It's going to be awesome. And then you see it, and it's just like... Blah. Yeah, I'm still excited. I still want to see it, but it's like, you didn't really sell me on it, so whatever. Yeah, you're not grabbing the casual fan, you know what yeah. I'm saying? You're, I mean, you're grabbing us. We're going to watch it, but it's just like you're not grabbing like, okay, like... Why, why would I want to go over to your house? Uh, okay, I think I'd rather go downtown to the club. Yeah, but we're kind of sports junkies, dude. Yeah. I, I watched the fucking Spurs play the Nets on like a Tuesday night, so. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you have us already, but if you're a business person, you you want to reach out to that casual fan. Why, do that, why would that casual fan want to, you know, invest in this? You know, it, it's like going back to McGregor Mayweather. Why do you want to watch McGregor Mayweather? It's a possibility that the bad guy might get knocked out by the MMA fighter. It's yeah. possible. It didn't happen, yeah. but it's possible. And this is, I feel like you need to you need to spin this fight. Like, you need to get get people invested somehow. Agreed. Yeah. You're doing a bad job with that. But and, that's, and that's why boxing is where it is right now. And remember you were telling me um, about how, like, like when you watch, when you watch the McGregor Mayweather, like, undercard. Yeah. And let's say you're a hardcore, like, boxing fan or whatever, and, like, you look at the websites, like, during your lunch break or whatever, like, you don't know who the fuck any of those fighters are. Yeah. Like, I, I had no clue. I didn't either. You know, and a lot of, like, combat sports analysts, because I listen to a lot of, like, you know, MMA podcasts, a lot of, you know, boxing podcasts or whatever, and when Joshua, the heavyweight guy, when he won the championship, a lot of people were like, well, he sure came out of nowhere. I didn't really know who he was or whatever. And these are, like, people who get paid from their nine to five to like follow these sports or whatever and they barely knew who the fuck he was yeah. and that's where boxing I think is like dropping the ball like it's it's become too bland to you know in, an, in the age of technology like they haven't you know changed you know progressed with the times yeah I agree with that they're getting way left behind uh, especially in their promoting you know, for something that's such a big money maker, dude, yes. you just promote the shit out of this stuff, man. Yeah. Like, um, you, I don't know. Like, Oscar, I love you, but, man, you need to you need to get on the phone with Vince McMahon. Yeah, dude, they got a lot of dinosaurs running that shit right now. And, like, they need some fresh blood in there. They need, whoever's promoting all the... Because you see, like, those um, MMA fights, and there's, like, fighters on there that you don't even know, but they hype it up, like... Yeah. And it's like, oh, shit, they're right. I do want to see, like... Like, not that long ago, I didn't know who um, Khabib was. And, like, Khabib is, like, now, like, I'm sold on Khabib. Like, Khabib's, like, a fucking beast. Like, Khabib's one like of my favorite off. fighters. Yeah. Um, but that's you tell that backstory, too. Like, remember, like, you were telling me, like, oh, Khabib, you know, there's, you know, videos of him wrestling like a bear and stuff like yeah, that. you got to tell that backstory. you got to get people invested into these characters. Because that's what you are, like, when you're a fighter. And that's where you got to take a page out of pro wrestling. you got to... You, you gotta get invested into who these people are you know it's like a movie character and if like why, why why do you care about this why do you want this person to win why do you want this person to lose and that's why the McGregor Mayweather was a fight was so great is because you got this heel which is Floyd Mayweather who like a lot of people dislike you know he's a woman beater you know he, he he's not considered like a tough guy at all he's just like you know a fighter that really just you know gets a reputation for just, you know, running around his opponents or whatever and just winning by decision or whatever versus, like, this, you know, the, the Ric Flair of MMA, which is Conor McGregor, you know, who's this flashy guy who, just, you know, backs up everything that he says or whatever. And you get invested in these characters, you know, and I feel 
that's what boxing needs to do. Like you need to make the you know you need to show who these people are. You know, get invested in their stories. It's like kind of like when you watch football, and you see like you know like the Super Bowl, and they're doing like all these background stories about some um, offensive lineman. Yeah, offensive like. <laughs> You know, you're like, oh, man, like, I care about this now. You know what I'm saying? It might not be my team in the Super Bowl, but I care about that team now because of that player's story. Yeah. So. Agreed. Agreed. Well, I don't know. You got anything else you want to talk about? Um, sponsors? Sponsors, I guess. I guess. What's <laughs> up? What's up to, uh... I don't know. How do you guys feel about Cholo Warmar? Did anybody go out there and you take advantage of the 10%? Get some new fucking Let us bit? know. Oh, wait, uh... Wait, did we already say, like, how to find us? Like, Yeah, in the beginning, but we uh, can do it again. Yeah, just, you can find us, re- like, and subscribe, or whatever the on fuck. On iTunes. On iTunes. And we have our own Facebook now. We do? Yeah. I didn't even know that, dude. I sent you the link, oh, boy. Oh, I didn't know that, fuck. Uh, oh, man, I'm embarrassed. Well, yeah, hit us I up feel on like you're Facebook. a hot girl, and, like, I'm trying to, like, text you and say good morning, and you're just, like, you leave me on oh. red status. Well, hit us up on that. <laughs> Hit us up on that shit. You can hit me up on my personal Facebook if you know who I am, but... Uh, well, why don't you tell them? Nah, I'd rather... You have, <laughs> you have to find it. Find it somehow. But uh, I do want to give a couple of shout-outs. One, there's, like, a local thing here in Bakersfield, California, where they're organizing, like, this thing for one of our... One of, one of my good friends, uh, Mr. Michael Chadburn, who is battling from a tumor in his brain oh wow and so they're organizing this thing where uh we're meeting up at i think sandrini's uh saturday night i think it's like a saturday september 30th so if anyone wants to show up it's like all the money's gonna go to him and his family as they try to pay for their hospital bills and whatever medical expenses are out there and so i'll be there if you want to whatever talk shit to my face I'll be there talking shit to your face. And uh, I think a couple of the guys from another local podcast, the Sofa King podcast, are going to be there. So, you know. What is this? This Friday? Or Saturday? Uh, I think it's Saturday, September 30th. It's It doesn't start till like 10 p.m. at night. Oh, okay. No, September 30th. Yeah, it's a Saturday. Okay. So I'll be there. I think um, another local podcast, the Sofa King podcast. Yeah, shout out to guys. them, man. Shout out to Sofa King podcast. They're all great people except for Brad. Fuck that guy. Um, <laughs> so really? No, I'm just kidding. Damn. It's just a thing. That's kind of an inside joke. Oh, okay. So, fuck that guy. Oh, okay. I don't know you, Brad, but I guess fuck but you. Fuck that guy. I don't know. <laughs> Hashtag fuck Brad. <laughs> But, but anyways, I don't want to start any turf war. No, dude. that's trust me. That's a that's a thing. Okay. Trust me. Dang. That's a real hashtag. I'm trying to get on their podcast actually. <laughs> that's how you get on it by saying hashtag. Oh, hashtag fuck him then. <laughs> but anyways, fuck uh, Brad. Anything else you? No, I don't know, man. I, I feel like I've blabbled enough. But um, hit us up on our Facebook. Let us know if you want us to talk about anything. Um, We'll address it. Um, I think we did get a couple of requests, and don't worry, those podcasts are coming. I think somebody wanted a wrestling podcast. A Game of Thrones one is coming. I'm just um, waiting on one of my coworkers um, to, to come through. Someone uh, someone did say uh, we should do a marijuana podcast, but I just didn't know what that meant. So I, I don't know if we're just a regular <laughs> podcast, but we're high. I don't know what that meant. So Well, you can get high. I can't. I don't. I I can't. I can't either. I get drug tested. So, yeah. uh, 
But I don't even know what that meant. We just talk about marijuana. We just talk about. I don't even know what. We just we have to get Snoop Dogg on here as a special guest for that episode. For GGN. Yeah. But I don't know what. What was the other one? I haven't really gotten any other ones. Let me think. Uh, I know there was one. Oh, someone, of- someone uh, uh, talked about net neutrality, which we're not gonna fucking do. I'm gonna be completely honest with you. I did research on net neutrality. Just go do your own personal research. I don't fucking want to do an hour-long podcast about net neutrality. And Pizzagate. We'll, we'll probably do Pizzagate. Pizzagate, I am interested in doing one. Yeah. And uh, 9-11 conspiracies. We're going to be doing that. Yeah. I feel like we couldn't do it this month because, I mean, it's too soon. You know? Oh, yeah. It just happened, so. And then, um, I guess, Jane Guerrero. Or is that... That's Chris's wife now, Yeah, that's right? Chris's wife. How come she's, she's not Chris... Or Jane Borbin now? Yeah, how come she's not Yadira Borbin? Is yeah, Yadira, why aren't you Yadira Borbin now? What did she say? Uh, she said, don't talk crap about Daft Punk. What the fuck? That's a, that's a shot at something I said. Yeah, it is. Why don't you like Daft Punk, Art? Dude, Daft Punk sucks. Like, <laughs> what the fuck? Why do people like Daft Punk? I mean, they're okay. I don't mean, I'm not... I'm not Dude, gonna... are they okay? Because I feel like that's like a... <laughs> They now take, you got me questioning. They you. take a minute long song. It should just be one minute. You're in. You're out. One minute, and then they turn it into like a four minute long song. And it's like I didn't need to be four minutes long. That yeah. was. I you could have ended after that first minute. I got everything I needed. Okay. <laughs> That's how I feel about that punk. I mean, those albums should be twelve minutes long. It's twelve songs, one minute each. Twelve minutes done. Done. <laughs> <laughs> well, you you sold me on that. Yeah. Sorry, guys. Yeah. Also, uh, I hate Bob Dylan. That's a different story for a different day. He does have a fucked up voice. Yeah, I hate Bob Dylan. Like, I feel like he writes good songs, but they sound better when someone covers it. Yeah. Man, I don't know if I just go on a tangent of things I hate right now. Yeah, go ahead. Feel free to send me hate about Bob Dylan. Feel free to send me hate about Daft Punk. Feel free to send me hate about Kill Switch Engage. I don't like Kill Switch Engage. I don't either. Their, their singer sounds so, like, ridiculous. Oh, God. But we got another question here from Joaquin Rivera. He said, which... Never heard of him. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know who this jabron is, anyway. He said, which, if any, of Kobe's numbers should be retired? So, first of all, I don't appreciate you putting if any. So, of course, Kobe's number, at least one number needs to yes, be retired. Yes, he has five championships. Yeah. Uh, here's what you do. You take a flag and you put two numbers on it. You put 24 and 8. And then you just do it that way. Why the fuck not? He's Kobe. He has five rings. Yeah. You have five rings. You can do whatever you want. And this is kind of for somebody who doesn't like the Lakers. So, yes, of course. And I agree with you on that. Yes. Just put two flags. Who cares? You have plenty of space. Two flags? Yeah, but Or a flag with two numbers on it. Just put like a... A jersey? Like a crest. We're like... <laughs> But it's like create a, create a cool logo where you take a twenty four and eight, and then you make one yellow and the other one orange. Or like something. a house sigil of Game of Thrones. Yeah, something like that. Damn. That's what I do. Um, I, I would do that. I'm not even a Lakers fan. I'm already thinking of things that I would do. I'm like, yeah, hmm. do something clever. We get clever. Genie Bus. I think we have some ideas. Yeah. Get at Genie Bus on Twitter. Let us know. Let her know what we said. Is there any other questions on there? Uh, no, there, it's just porn sites trying porn to. Porn sites. Keep... All right. Well, we can answer their questions too. Privately. <laughs> but anyway. The answer is missionary style. <laughs> <laughs> wow. With that said. I'm just kidding. I don't even know what that. Now is. that I got super awkward, I think it's time to fucking put this podcast to bed. All right. And put myself to bed. Good night, guys. Have sweet dreams.
<laughs> I love how he's shaking my head and walking out of the bathroom. I do feel like it is like a continuous loop though. At this point, you've already heard like 50% of the song. Yeah. Or you even got my dogs all pissed off. Yeah, dude, he fucking brings up the devil with people. I feel like that song that by Ghost that, um, what's that? What's the one you put? Year Zero or whatever? That you put on there? Like, that, like, where it's all, like, it's basically saying, like, Hail Satan throughout the whole song. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, this is more satanic than this song. The dogs are like, oh my god, they're biting each other. <laughs> I had enough of this shit. Yeah, get rid of that shit. 